All right, this is AP and Spence. We're two lawyers talking college sports, sports law in general. And this is CCR, one of my favorite all-time bands. Mm. And this is one of their most iconic songs, Have You Ever Seen the Rain? Oh. Now, why do you think I'm playing this song, AP? Uh, one, because it's one of the best songs of all time. Absolutely. Two, Creedence Clearwater Revival is one of my dad's favorite bands, and it's Good. great music. Great and music. number three, it represents Portland, Oregon, actually the whole state, kind of at least the Oregon uh, Willamette Valley, Valley yeah. area of rain, rain, rain. I look out this window, and I've seen some rain. Yeah. Have you ever seen this much rain? Yeah. Well, just like uh, CCR is saying, have you ever seen the rain? I, I am seeing the <laughs> rain, too. This is unreal. Uh, it has been nonstop rain. I, I, we have had my, my two, bo- two of my boys play baseball. Yeah. And, um, and you know, spring's baseball season. And, and I, we have had game after game after game. We were supposed to have played about 16 games at this point. We've only played eight. Um, we had a whole tournament canceled because of the rain. I mean, it is unreal. And I am ready, mm. ready to be done with this rain. It's yeah. so tiring. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, look, Oregon's beautiful because it rains. And I can respect it. But as it creeps into May and they start getting middle of June, it's like, okay, I'm ready for some blue skies, thighs out, you know, uh, Guns out. I know you register your guns and I, you're ready. The, the, sounds I mean, you're out, re- guns out. I've been working on these guns. I yeah. want to bring them out. Yeah, and you have to bring them out pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. We're, we're, we're trying to go camping next weekend at Detroit Lake with our camper. And I don't know. It's going to be... It's going to be tough. It's going to well, be hopefully, dicey. Hopefully but... you'll get something. Now, uh, speaking, of, uh, speaking of some rain, uh, this is kind of uh, an interesting story, and I, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. This has kind of been... Um, we're kind of we're kind of going to go away from college sports for a minute because mm-hmm. this is such a an int- interesting subject. So it just happened. So there's this. Have you heard of the Live Golf International Tour? Have you heard about the LIV? Have you heard about this tour? I have a little bit, right? It's, is it put on by like the Saudis? Yeah, or something? Saudi Arabia. Yes, yeah, Saudi Golf League. Um, they have uh, basically um, set up this Live Golf. Um, you know, field, right, where they're going to be playing, I, I can't remember if it's four or five uh, tournaments, just like a PGA tournament on U.S. soil. Mm-hmm. And they have play, paid some of these players to, to defect from the PGA ungodly amounts of money. I mean, like $100 million to Dustin Johnson to leave the PGA, just to leave the PGA and to play for a live tour. Phil Mickelson, I heard, was getting something north of $100 million, right? So it's, it's it, these people, these players, these, you know, golfers are getting just tons of money to leave the PGA to play with the Live Tour. And in response, the PGA has now suspended all of these players from ever playing with the PGA again. So, you know, for older players <laughs> like Phil Mickelson and, you know, Dustin Johnson, those guys, it's like, okay, well, they... They're 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 at a point where they're you know they've they've played a lot and they they're probably getting close to playing on the senior tour, and let's you know move on. But some of these younger guys, Lee Westwood, Kevin Na, Taylor Gooch, um, Luis Utzhausen, these guys are these guys are some of them are in the prime of their careers, and they're they're leaving to go play on the live tour. I don't know how much they're getting in money, but they're going to go and they're leaving the PGA tour behind. Now, what's interesting to me and the reason why I thought I thought I'd bring it up is. Not only the PGA's response in, in suspending these guys, mm-hmm. but then also somehow some of these guys are responding to the PGA 
some of them are saying, because essentially the PGA says, we have our rules, and if you violate those rules, we have the right to kick you out, right? But they haven't really defined what, it, what they are. So, so essentially, they say that, the, the, that, if, that they believe that the, the, the Saudi Golf League has violated the rules and regulations of the, of the PGA, and therefore, they are disallowing these players from playing anymore. And some of these players are saying, hey, well, we have the ability to go and play on the European tour, on the Asian tour if we want, and you don't do anything about that, but with this tour specifically, why are you saying we can't play here anymore, you know? Um, so I don't know, I mean, I mean, obviously this is run by the Saudis, the Saudis are known to have uh, committed atrocities, right? They're not good people, they're not, they don't seem to, um, uh, to follow the same standards that we have here uh, in the States. Um, and they have killed people. I mean, that's plain and simple. So the question is, you know, a couple of them, what do you think? Le legally, AP, what's, what's, your, what's going through your mind as I'm kind of going through some of the facts about what's going on with this live tour? Yeah, I mean, I can see why they're probably, PGA is angry about it because it seems like a direct competition. It's on U.S. soil. That's right, yeah. Four or five of these tournaments are on U.S. soil, and I think that's the big difference. You know, because, yeah, European and Asian... But it's kind of that whole restraint on trade, that whole idea of like, you know, gosh, we're happy to play with you and represent you, but it's like you're limiting us to not play for your competitors. Although I can see the PGA's point in a sense. Imagine if you worked for Intel and you said you can work wherever you want, but no, you can't go moonlight at Google yeah. or one of our direct competitors or we're going to have a big problem with that. And I, so, you know, the PGA that I think putting out there, we have standards, like this is our group, and if you follow our rules, great. And if you don't, you're, you're, you're out, you know. But this, this sets up a kind of a dangerous circumstance because now, <laughs> what if the live tour goes defunct? And now these people can't come back to the PGA, they have to set up their own thing. Um, or the highest bidder comes in, somebody else above the live tour comes in, and I'm gonna offer you $250 million. And it's like, it's just a war. Really, I'm surprised this doesn't happen more in sports. I'm surprised somebody hasn't done this for the NBA or Major League Baseball, yeah, where they come point. in, you know, and say, you know what, you guys are making a lot of money, but we can offer twice that to set up this new league in the United States here, where some foreign, like China comes in and says, uh, we're gonna set up the, w, or the, the NBA, but we're gonna triple what the salaries are right now. But it's dangerous because there's no history of it. Right. You don't know what's going to be. What do you think? I mean, what do you if it, do you think the PGA has a right one to ban these players? Obviously, we don't, probably don't know every nuance that they have built into yeah. their contract. But on its face, does that seem fair for one entity to say if you go play there, you're barred from here? I it, it, it's it's I, I don't I don't I mean, the NBA could put that type of restriction on right because I'm I'm sure there's a CBA that kind of thing. <laughs> What makes golfers unique is that golfers are individual, right? So you're not, it's not like, it's not like, um, you know, Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods are on the same team, right? They yeah. have some sponsors or whatever, yeah. but, but it's like, they're not on the same team and they, they, there's no CBA of the PGA. The PGA essentially governs its own self and they have their own rules. And, and according to a lot of the, a lot of the uh, information that I've read, the rules are a little bit vague, right? So they, they kind of say, it's up to the PGA to decide if you can do this or that or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it seems like what they're saying is, we don't want you playing on this tour specifically. Mm -hmm. Now, the morality of, of leaving, of, of playing with, um, of playing for a, a, an organization that has 
committed atrocities. That, that's something that I, I can't wrap my head around. I don't know if I'd be able to do that, right? If someone came to, to me and said, here is a whole bunch of money, but I want you to go and um, you're gonna be playing and, and this, this, this horrible, horrible uh, you know, uh, entity, government or whatever, is sponsoring this and they're gonna be paying this to you. That would be hard for me to, to look around. Sure, because you're spending that money and you're feeling good about it, but you're kind of doing it you're, in kind of a right. Yeah. So, so, so that that to me, a lot of the backlash that I'm hearing is, is a lot of that type of stuff. It's not like, it's not like these these players, you know, the that are leaving the, uh, the uh, the PGA, and um, and going to the Live Tour. You know, they're they're doing it for a boatload of money. But a lot of the backlash that I'm hearing is. Is they don't a lot of the players who are staying on the PGA don't like that they're leaving to play for this, for the Saudi government, which is essentially which has committed atrocities. Well, I mean, I guess zooming into that sports wise, what do you think about like like you personally, Spence, on a LeBron James, for example, yeah, who's sponsored by Nike, or you know he has some ties I think to China. I know Dwayne Wade had I think a shoe deal. In China, uh, I think they're China recently signed some athlete um, to a bunch of money uh, for different endorsement deals. But they have a lot of human rights violations over in China. Nike has a track record that isn't fantastic in um, you Using know sweatshops and those types yeah. of child sweatshops. Yeah, and so some of these. What do you think about that? The whole idea of morality of of you as as an athlete or or a sponsor really of these organizations. You say kind of one thing of like, I want this for society, but then you go accept money from folks that are doing something else. Yeah, it's really hard, right? So it's, it's like, and it, and it comes down to the individual. I mean, and that's, that's what makes it so hard. It's like, well, if, if Nike came to me and said, hey, you know, we want to sponsor the podcast. We want to offer you guys a bunch of money to, to be our, to, to speak highly of Nike, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know, like, uh, would I have any problem with that? I, I, I wear Nike stuff all the time. Yep. And I love Nike running shoes. I yep. run a Nike running shoe. Yeah. Right. Uh, you're wearing a Nike uh, yeah. pullover right now. So yeah. it's like, it's like we, we all wear it. You know, we use, we use products every day that if you, if you go up the line of that product, maybe at some point you're dealing with something that's not within your own moral code. And where do you, where do you draw the line? Where do you turn the Where do you turn a blind eye? How far do you go up that chain? Exactly, and and so it's it's really hard. That's a very hard question to answer and to ask, uh, because you know you can you can be upset at one. You know, LeBron James, for example, can say, "Well, you know, I want this, 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 and this," but I'm fine ignoring these other things. Mm-hmm. And you know, Phil Mickelson, who has been a PGA staple for years and is one of the most popular players to ever play on the PGA, and has earned has earned ungodly amounts of money already is leaving to make even more money to work for a company that is or for an entity that maybe is not super great right so like yeah so i you know i don't know it's 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 hard you know each each individual athlete and each individual person would have to say yeah i'm i'm fine with with drawing the line here and moving the line here and that's just something that each individual is going to have to do and i wonder how much money is too much money right like you think about a phil mickelson the guy's probably has eight houses. I don't know any of this, right? But he's got a bunch of houses, I'm sure, and cars and boats and investments and millions and money. Everything's paid off. He's taking care of for his whole life. His kids are taking care of for their whole life. Do you really need to make this move right now? 
Why? I know obviously more money is more money, but is that just the end goal? It's just as much money as you can make? Or are there other things that are important to you as, a, as, a, as kind of a, a staple of society? I don't know. Yeah, so according to Google, now, you know, who, know, who knows how true this is? <laughs> Phil Mickelson's net worth it, right now is $400 million. And he just got another $200 million from the Live Tour to go play there. So he's crossed right. half a billion it's half dollars. Half a billion dollars. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, that's, 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 that's generational money, right? That's, 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 that's crazy, crazy yeah. amount of money. But, you know, I mean, you know, who knows? I mean, he's got his... Who, I mean, at the same time that we're talking about this, right, we're also hearing, you know, people getting great, amazing deals in NIL. And the whole argument for years for NIL was... How can you how can you say that this kid can't make money off his name like it's an image, right? How can we say to Phil Mickelson or somebody, we don't we don't want you to make this we don't want you to make this money? I I wouldn't do it necessarily, but 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 it, but why can I? Well, how can he not? You know, it's up to him. Yeah, and I guess and then I guess then the next question is assuming getting past the mor- the moral issue or question, what happens to the PGA now? Yeah. Assuming they can, they continue these bans and say you're out, and then what? More and more deflections happen. What happens to the PGA? Yeah, exactly. I mean, what if what if uh, what if the uh, what if the Saudis go to Tiger Woods and say we'll pay you a billion dollars, one billion dollars, come out of retirement and let's go. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's not retired, but he's he's still he's injured, right? He's, he's injured. Yeah, he's injured. Yeah. He's trying. He's trying to work his way back. But like if they said to to you know like who are like pick the. Pick the top five most popular. Sergio Garcia. Well, so he went to the Live Tour. Live, he he left. So some of the most popular, you know, like Ricky Fowler, I understood, who's one of the most popular guys, is thinking about going. You know, and and so like pick the five most popular golfers right now, and 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 if and if the Saudis came up to him and said, "We're going to pay you each uh, five hundred million dollars to go to play here," right? And and all and it's all because a lot of the guys that are on this list of people that have defected are not you know we're we're not we're talking about names that are known people who have won majors but they're not they're not like in the top you know five, ten golfers right now yeah but but what happens if some of those guys start defecting is I that mean, the end of the PGA tour exactly and then, then is the PGA going to start walking back I don't know so it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens uh, but I'm I'm. It, it's a, it brings up a lot of legal, moral, ethical, and, you know, there have been rumors already of some of these players who are going to bring um, bring lawsuits against the PGA for, for them kicking them out. You know? What do you think would be the basis for that? What, what do you think they're well, claiming? Yeah, I mean, ba- ba- basically they'd be saying you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't let us, you can't, uh, because they're independent contractors, right? So because they're independent contractors, these players are all independent contractors. You can't say the PGA can't say, um, you know, we're gonna not allow you to play on this tour, but we're gonna be okay with other players playing on other tours. So it would be it would be basically a contractual dispute, more than likely, uh, allowing trying to get them to to uh, to be able to get back on the PGA. Could you, I guess, analyze this to be sort of like, let's say you got some company X that has a bunch of independent contractors, telling them you're not allowed to work for our competitors. But they're saying, well, wait a minute, though. Well, yeah. So, but the, 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 yeah, in those circumstances, generally, you're going to be signing a non-compete clause, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, and I've represented some mm-hmm. some people, and as have you, right? Who have worked for uh, for some for some companies. Don't want to say any companies specifically, but yeah. companies in the tech field that that 
in their initial contract, employee contract, and a lot of times when we're entering into like an employment release contract, mm -hmm. there will be a non-compete clause that will say, we don't want you to use our intellectual property in the future with any future employers. And as a result, we're going to say that you cannot work for another similar company within, you know, for the next two years, mm -hmm. right? Um, and and those are contractual. Those are, if you agree to that, it's contractually you're 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 bound by that. But it's it, it's very it's it's an interesting situation to try to see if that's something that that is going to that's going to uh, th that if this will apply, you know, because the PGA probably didn't have those folks sign anything like that. Yeah, they they're they're, they're independent contractors. Yeah, that that's what makes the PGA so unique, and and golfing so unique as a sport. Because you don't have a collective bargaining agreement like you would have in the NFL and where you have a union representing all these people together. These are independent golfers who are the top 1% of the top 1% in the world golfers. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and they're, 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 the, the rules are going to be loose. They're, they're, they're loosely based. They're not finite. They're not specific. You know, you, there's no way they would have prepared contracts that say, we don't want you playing with the Saudi Live Tour. No, more than likely the contracts say, we will determine if what you're doing is against the PGA rules. And if, the, if, the, if they're vague, what happens if the contract is vague? Who does it go against? Well, void for vagueness. Void for, for vagueness. The drafter. goes against the drafter, mm -hmm. right? So, so, so that, that's what could happen. But anyways, it'll be really interesting mm -hmm. to follow. Um, and, and there's actually one of these... Um, one of these tournaments, these live tournaments, is being played at Pumpkin Ridge. Pumpkin Ridge. Yeah, yeah, here in here in Oregon. We should so, try to go. Yeah, right. Well, if we didn't get killed. Yeah, by, you know, right. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, I you know, if there's going to be a lot of fans there, uh, how you know it's going to be. It's really hard to. There, I, there's a tournament going on right now, and you can't find the score anywhere. How do you even know who's winning? How do you watch it? I mean, anyway. So, and you wonder I mean, what the legalities are. I mean, what if they ended up not paying somebody or backing out on a deal? Do you use foreign law? Is you it gonna, have to, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is based in the which is based in the Hague, as you know. Yeah, yeah. So that uh, there's a lot of – I'm surprised. I get, I get it if you're at the end of your career and you're looking for, like, one last payout and you're sort of done. If you're a younger or up-and-coming guy, this is a pretty risky move. Big time, yeah. Unless I mean, you're getting a hundred million bucks, it's guaranteed. It's wired into your account or something. Yeah, Phil, like Phil Mickelson, I think you know. I mean, that guy is. You know, I think he's in his fifties now, uh, but he just won a major just a couple years ago. I mean, yeah. he's still, you know, and and, and he is beloved, right? Beloved yeah. by by people. There are a lot of people who follow him. He lefty, right? He's like, yeah. he's like. Like I've heard about his name forever. Forever, he's been in the PGA <laughs> forever, and a lot of these other names. Are guys like Sergio Garcia you mentioned? These are guys that, that have won, that have won at the highest level, and um, and uh, you know Bryson DeChambeau, who's a mm -hmm. who's a big time big time player now, current player, um, and so you know it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see what happens, um, but uh, you know we'll keep an eye on it. Even though it's outside of our normal college mm -hmm. law, um, that's that is something that we you know we try we try to inform right. Yeah, sports law in general. What was that last name you said, DeChambeau? Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah. Well, the, the PGA is going to be in DeChambeau's. Oh, hey, oh, oh, you like it. Hey, oh. <laughs> okay, well, that, on that note, let's, <laughs> let's get back to what we know. Here, yeah, okay? yeah, so, yeah, I'm getting out of field here. Yeah, exactly. You know, I hit a bogey right yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Let's get back on par. Yeah, okay, yeah. so... Um, <laughs> 
So, tee it, tee it up for us. Tee it up for us. So we, we, have, we, we, we love talking infractions. That's one of the things we love talking about. We do. And there was an infraction that just happened at the Augusta, is it the Augusta College? Is that, mm. is that who it is? Augusta, yeah. Augusta, what's, do we have any clue what their, their mascot name is? I'm looking here. I don't know. It's got to be Augusta Peacocks or something like that. It's a D2 school. Augusta. Is it Augusta College? Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, Augusta College. Okay. Men's basketball. Okay. D2. But the point is, it's a, it's a rule that applies in D1 as well, so it's important to talk about. Okay, so, what, so while I'm looking up who their mascot is, what, what, what did they do? Acad- academic misconduct. Academic misconduct became a big deal after the UNC issue, where they started making it ethical issues, head coach responsibility, academic misconduct. They really codified that area of the manual and said, if you're doing academic misconduct, these are going to be pretty serious NCAA violations. So they, they said a men's basketball student athlete was struggling academically and kind of going through that. And uh, an academic coordinator witnessed the head coach editing and adding content to oh. a paper the student athlete wrote for an English class. Oh, geez. So when I was at USC. They are the Jaguars, by the way. Oh, Augusta. I would have never guessed that. Yeah. Augusta. Augusta Jag- University Jaguars. They are, uh, they are a university. university. Augusta okay. University Jaguars. Okay. Okay. The Jaguars. Yeah. So they, when I was at USC, I worked for the <clears throat> men's basketball as a team, one of the team managers um, <clears throat> while I was going to undergrad there. We'd had an elite eight run. We were really good in basketball. And Henry Bibby, Mike Bibby's dad, was yeah. the coach at the yeah. time. And we had an allegation that another kind of manager helped write a paper, or write a paper, or helped a, one of our student athletes get some work done. And it ended up being part of USC's kind of uh, problem that they were having. So that's always something that's really not good, right? You can't. You can't have people helping. They said that there's another thing, that there was a virtually proctored exam. Academic coordinator instructor observed the former assistant coach sitting with the student-athlete as he was taking the exam. The video showed the student-athlete submitting answers without his hands on the keyboard and impermissibly using his phone during the exam. <laughs> so here they are. I mean, it's, it's, it's this typical of coaches helping kids become academically eligible. I get it because there's a pressure of, like, if they're not academically eligible, they're pulled off the field. These kids are struggling. Let me do. Let me help you cheat, so you can get. And this is basketball, right? So you have less kids. Right? Less kids. You're probably one of your stars, but but it's a problem, right? If you help a kid cheat, they're ineligible. It's an ethical violation for you. You could get fired. It could become head coach responsibility. Even if the head coach says, "I didn't know," you failed to promote an atmosphere of compliance. Failed to monitor your own staff. It's pinned on you. The days of the head coach saying, "I didn't know," "I didn't tell them," doesn't matter. Right. If your staff's doing stuff and it's on your watch, you you know you're going to automatically say that you knew and you can't hide your head in the sand so head coach responsibility unethical conduct looks like they terminated some of the the um that staff there and it says the student athlete participated in 16 contests and received actual necessary expenses while ineligible actual necessary expenses are going to be travel costs and gear right right, sure Uh, uh, augusta further committed violations by failing to withhold the ineligible student athlete from competition so they played him uh, ineligible. So there's a massive list of three years of prob- probation, reduction of financial aid awards in men's basketball by two, $5,000 fine, vacation of all records for that time, suspension of two scrimmages, a two-year show cause order against the head coach. Yikes. And any member of the school employing the head coach during that period of time must show a bunch of stuff. 
and do a bunch of things. Two-year show cause order against the assistant coach that was involved, and uh, and and this was a big deal, right? There's a there's a lot going on here, and so you can kind of see that the idea here is don't cheat, don't help your athletes cheat, don't write papers for them. Well, you really need to educate on this. The really the is you find the weak link and you educate there. The weak link is student managers volunteers, student coaches, low-level people that are of the similar age and have a connection with these student athletes. It's very easy for that, that player to say, you know, dude, I'm, I'm struggling here with this paper. Do you mind writing it? Can, can, I, give you, can I give you 60 bucks no, you write yeah. this paper for me? Don't Help me that. out here. Don't do that. And educate those kids that they'll be fired and you'll hurt the program if you do that. Do not help them. Do not cheat. Make sure everyone on your staff, you, you know, you get that designation. Make sure everybody's got rules ed on what they can and can't do and make sure academic misconduct's on there and then get in front of your team and say never, never, never pay for a paper, uh, cheat, do anything like that because not only are you getting yourself in trouble at school, you're getting in trouble uh, with the sport as well and hurting the whole team. Yeah, I wonder if, I wonder if, um, because there's no problem with tutors, right? Because like, yeah. there are tutors all over the place. I remember at the, when I went to BYU, like a lot of the, a lot of the players, a lot of the athletes had tutors helping them. But there's a difference between tutors helping you write a write a paper, uh, versus you versus you paying someone to write a paper. Yeah, it, or a coach writing a paper. For you. Yeah, or helping you cheat. You know, because like I was in charge of, uh, I was one of the people that had a liaison group for student athlete academic services. Right. And so it was all the tutors and the monitors and the, and the student aides, and there was a group of about sixty people that did this. One of the topics I always talked about was academic misconduct. Now, and I've given specific examples. You can sit down and say, hey, this is what the teacher's wanting you to do. Let's talk it through. What are your, some of your ideas? And you can help facilitate their understanding of the assignment, maybe help them brainstorm a little bit, put some ideas together. But if it's a situation where you're like, no problem, I'm going to go back to my dorm and write this paper for you. No, that's no. a problem, right? Or Don't do that. Yeah, or you're editing it and going, here, send it to me. Don't worry about it. I'm going to edit it for you. If you're doing the work for them, problem. If you're helping them do the work themselves by understanding the assignment better and having influence some ideas and thinking of ways to strategize, that's better. It's a fine line, but you need to be tutoring and educating. If it's doing and cheating, problem. problem. And so be really, really careful. If you're not sure about that line, go see one of your supervisors have been asked to do this. Is this okay? And they can, and if they don't know, they can come to compliance and we can vet it out. But you know, ask before you just go and act on something. Right. And believe me, this stuff happens it's and, and imagine if you're a student athlete you're 19 years old you're struggling with your sociology paper it's due in two days if you don't pass this class you're not eligible and you're like i don't even know what i'm supposed to write here you're an expert you're you're an english major can you just help me out a little bit can, can you just can i can i email this to you and you kind of fudge it a little bit it'll really help me out i'm not gonna clean tell it anybody. Yeah. clean it up a little bit yeah. Right, you put that pressure, you can't have that pressure. Um, so be really careful with those places because this is the kind of stuff that happens. Yeah, exactly. And then now look at their, they've, they've, got, a, they've got a mark on them, you know, and, yep. and that's too bad. So, um, all right, well, moving on to the next one. Um, we've got some uh, NIL deals coming down the, coming down the pipe here. Um, what are you hearing on, the, on new NIL deals? USC still doing everything above board? Oh, yeah, and USC always has and always will, and... and uh, because when I left USC, I put my thumb print on that compliance program for the rest of their life. They're never yeah. going to commit a violation, okay. right? All right. But, but the NCAA has just came out yesterday. Okay. 
and said it's investigating potential violations regarding name, image, and likeness. Oh, boy. All right. So look out, because when they put that statement out there, they know something. They're looking at something. Something isn't good. Right, but, but here's the problem for the NCA is the NCA says we're not putting rules, really. I mean, what rules are there? That, I, think, I think the main thing is that the school can't be involved. The school can't be involved, right? So if they, if they say, okay, school can't be involved, but, I mean, obviously, like, you're going to have the school, you're going to have to have the school, the, the school's going to have to be at some point yeah. involved. Yeah. Right? If, if, they've, if they're having the compliance, make sure that, that the that, yeah. that, that company is vetted. They've got to be involved somehow. I think just not setting up the deals. Imagine if you found out, you're on the committee then, and you found out Utah has been bringing their boosters in. Yeah. Giving their boosters money. Yeah. To go out and set up companies to hire these people and these recruits and bring them in. And and that would probably go against what the NCAA was wanting, right? So if you if they hear about that, like I said, I knew at some point we're going to have a couple of large issues where you're going to find out at least a couple of schools have been fully orchestrating these deals with yeah. illegal dirty money and we are going to have a major violation. That's how you put guardrails on this. Right. You bring out the school, you say Texas A&M well, and you've said, I mean, you said a lot, like, I mean, I've, I've seen the NCA rule book, right? Oh, the old one. Yeah. It's thick, right? But it's not, it's, it's not incredibly yeah, thick. Yeah, it's a couple inches. A couple inches. But what you've always said is that the interpretations of the rules is what, is what, gets, is what gets so nuanced. Yeah, yeah, you, and, exactly right. And so, so it seems like to me what's going to happen with the NIL stuff is that they're, they, they've, they've put some parameters on it. And then, and then the interpretations and how these schools are going to be investigated and potentially penalized, though that's where the rubber's going to hit the road in these cases, right? Exactly right. And the NC's done this kind of um, thing in the past where what they'll do, it's kind of creative. They'll find a school that really kind of abused it. Let's say it's Arizona State. It's not. I'm just kind of throwing a random school out there for fun. Let's say it's Arizona State. They come out. They find out, Arizona State, you've been structuring these deals, calling in your boosters, giving them money, development money, to go out and set up fake companies to get recruits in and, and, and give money to players. That's never what we intended. That's not the involvement we wanted. You clearly violate these rules. This is unethical. We're hitting you with a major, major violations. All those players are ineligible. They can all transfer. And now we're putting in guardrails and then we're going to do a giant q a of the things you can and can't do right. and then they'll that is their way they can kind of rein in some of what's going on and scare scare some of the um other schools like oh yikes and they rein it in and now they've narrowed it to and that's what's going to happen and then they're going to do that again a couple times so they've narrowed it down there's the toothpaste is still out of the bag but they've narrowed it to where it's a small little thing that they can do and that's how these will be done I don't. Yeah, I don't feel like the NCA would just willy nilly put this put this out. I no, mean, no, know, they, they know what they're doing. Exactly. I mean, this is what they said. They said the enforcement staff is not focused on the eligibility of current or prospective student athletes. As always, the infractions process is primarily concerned with the behaviors of institutional staff members and representatives. So that's so. Yeah, I mean, they they are looking at. Why schools. are they? Yeah, they're saying that because they've got to have some type of information. Yeah, they're looking at schools, and they're not looking at kids. They're not. They are saying we are looking at schools that we don't think have done this right, and we might hit them. Right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll keep an eye on that. That's certainly something that, as that expands and we get more specific in in regards to what's going on there, 
It'd be interesting to see if they start naming names, right? Or if they keep it super vague. Yeah, there's going to be at least one school. I'm confident of it. One school is going to get hit really, really hard. It'll be a major. It'll be the it'll be the catalyst to put guardrails on name, image, and likeness and change it forever and bring it tighter in. Yeah, but it's not going to be USC because USC does everything above board. Yeah, no, but it could be BYU. And what, what if it is, Spence? What would you do if BYU was if, used if because were, of Bill Barr? If they were the, because of Bill, it would uh, <laughs> it would be it would be un, unbelievable. <laughs> I would be very the upset. dirtiest program in the country. BYU. Yeah. No, it is not. It's not going to be BYU, but it's going to be a school that's intentionally creating fake deals. There's a school out there. I'm confident of it, and and let's be on the lookout for the next year or so okay. of this coming out. All right. Another thing with name image like this, did you hear about this, Spence? They have trading cards. Oh. They're tops. Remember tops trading cards? When I was I, a kid. I still have a bunch. Yeah, when I grew up, I was in elementary school and stuff, I collected the, the heck out of like baseball cards, some basketball cards, and tops had some. It came with a, some bubble gum, I think, yeah. in there. I can remember that crunchy little bubble. It kind of like still tasted in my mouth when I think about it as a kid. I love collecting them. I had these little binders and stuff. Sure. I think a lot of kids have that. Where, where are your cards right now? I think a lot of them are in my garage right now, but I still have them in a box. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I think a lot of... I still have mine in my box, yeah. Yeah, if I brought them out, every so often, like every couple of years, I'll come across them and be like, oh, let me look at these. And I have all these mint conditions. I have a couple of cards that are worth some money. Yeah. You probably do too. Oh, I'm sure. If it's if some collector went through my box, I'm sure there's probably several thousand dollars worth of value yeah. there, right? And yeah. and maybe I would get lucky and there's one like really mint, you know. Yeah, like the like the reverse uh, Ken Griffey Jr. error. Something like that, right? Like yeah. So I have I have a Ken Griffey Ricky, uh, Jr. card. I have some just some cool cards that I still have from when I was a kid. I think a lot of people in there. Kind of like, I'd probably say like late 30s to like late 40s. Yeah. That little age range, they were really popular when we were like, I don't know, well, 7 to 12. Trading cards you know. have been popular for years. In fact, my, a funny story, my dad, my, dad, uh, my dad and his brothers collected trading cards when they were kids. Yeah. But what they would do is they would poke holes right in the middle of the trading card. And then they would string those those <laughs> okay. those cards up around their room. I mean, who would who would have thunk? Right? Yeah, yeah, decorate. So my them. my dad has a Hank Aaron, you oh. know, like a, I can't remember. It might be or it's Yogi Berra. I know for sure. Yogi, uh-huh. he's got a Yogi Berra uh, card that is worth a ton of money, but it has a hole right in the middle <laughs> of it. Okay. And he was just like, we just weren't thinking, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so they're coming out with new trading cards. Yeah, they are. Yeah, so Bryce Young, uh, Alabama quarterback, Caleb Williams, USC quarterback, and others have agreed to name image likeness deals with trading card contracts with tops, which is kind of cool, right? I mean, it's the idea now you can go get, like I could get Caleb Williams' trading card where, the, where he's at USC, and if I'm at a game or a practice, I could get his autograph on it, and I could save yeah. it, and I got an autographed Caleb Williams trading card. And uh, I bet you a lot of uh, uh, NFTs are going to come out of that, like a, a, a single moment, and you have a digital kind of moment, and that becomes like a digital trading card. I've heard about kind of that. So there's a lot of things that can kind of spin off with this. This is just more of the using your name, image, and likeness to make money. Now, I think these are the things the NCAA envisioned. Right. Things that Bryce Young are doing, things that Caleb Williams are doing with large companies that have nothing to do with USC or Alabama. They don't control Tops. Tops are going to do what they want. This is what the NCAA actually wanted. They don't want schools to manufacture deals through the school to get kids to go there. Right. That's the problem. That's what they're going to attack and hit. Um, but this is what, what uh, came out. Uh, this is what, uh, you know... 
Lincoln Riley had said. Uh, he says, I'm so excited to team up with Fanatics and Tops on this new trading card partnership, Caleb Williams said in a news release from USC. It will allow me to create an even deeper level of engagement with fans and collectors everywhere. So Caleb Williams and Bryce, but Caleb Williams has become the forefront of name, image, and likeness. Yeah. Uh, and and um, he's got Beats by Dre, he's got Tops. <laughs> the nice thing for USC about that, these are massive companies that have a lot of money outside of USC. This isn't a mom and pop shop down the road that's suddenly paying them a million bucks to you know, kind of show up and kind of shady. Um, it's kind of cool. And I think it kind of, it's going to create kind of uh, another interest in like uh, Tops. Do your kids, Spencer, you have a couple of boys. Do they collect cards? Is they that a thing they now? They don't collect cards. Uh, they, they did collect like Pokemon cards. Sure, and yeah. they've gotten a, they've gotten a few packs here and there. But nothing, nothing to the same level that you and I did. When we were did you have like a binder? Do you know what I'm talking about? I have about? binders upon binders. I, yeah. have, I have a huge gargantuan tote that is just filled to the brim with yeah. cards. Yeah, me too. And I used to get little helmets that I would collect. The weirdest things. But I, it was all like in really good condition. I still have it. I, sh I don't know where to display it or to put with it. But but uh, it's kind of fun. It's we, kind should, we should. It would be funny to bring both of our card collections to an actual collector. We should. And be like... Who and we could maybe take bets who has more valuable cards. We should do that and have a show about yeah, that. Yeah, that'd be fun. And find <laughs> out, you know, hey, yours is valued at four thousand two hundred, and you know, mine was seventy five thousand dollars or whatever it would yeah, be. Yeah, right, right? Sure, sure, sure. And uh, but but I'm sure there's some value. But I have a couple of cool cards. I have a Reggie Jackson, Jackson uh, autographed card. I got his autograph. I have a Clyde Drexler That's cool. autographed card. A Jerome Kersey. Um I don't have any. I, I don't have any. The only autographed card I have is. A, there was a player in the NBA, only played a couple years, named David Wood. Okay. Uh, and David uh -huh. Wood was a kid, uh, was a player who, I can't remember where he went to play college, but he, he went to Hudson's Bay High School, which uh -huh. was the high school I went to for a couple years. And then he ended up playing in the NBA. The only player that I know of that played in the NBA from Hudson's Bay High School. Oh, and so and he came by and he signed cards for me and my brothers. That's cool. And I, so that's the only card I have that's yeah. signed. We should <laughs> I don't do, think that's worth anything. I could be. I mean, hey, you should check into that, right? You'd be sitting on a million-dollar deal right there. Yeah. This should be lawyer trading cards, right? And there you are, like, settling a deal, and you can sign it. We'll, we'll look into that. We'll, we'll talk about that later and see. But that's, I mean, that's pretty much the name, image, and likeness stuff going on, Spence. There's uh it's still the Wild West, uh, but you know what? College football athletes are starting to arrive on campus, yep. and they're coming for summer for summer school to get comfortable because, honestly, like the first of August uh, is when they get going on this kind of preseason idea for about a month before the season starts. And it's so we are. I mean, we're like six weeks from we're, college football. We're on the precipice of, of game yeah. starting. I can't wait. I'm excited for this season. It's going to be a lot of fun. Wins and um, losses for BYU. What, did, oh, just, what do you think know. the record's going to be? What's I, your expectation? I, I, I would love it if we went, you know, 10 and 2, mm -hmm. uh, 9 and 3, something like that. That's what I hope. That would be fantastic. I mean, we have, we, have a, we have a tough schedule, but a lot of our tougher games are at home. And I know, and I know for you, you want, you want 16 and 0, Natty. <laughs> yeah, right. Which won't happen. Here's what I expect for USC I think USC is going to go 10 and 2. They'll have one bad loss that's going to be shocking, like how that happened. And then they'll lose to like a good team, like a Notre Dame or Utah or something like that. But they're going to go 10 and 2, and they'll either go to the Pac 12 championship or maybe the Rose Bowl or something like that. They're not going to win a Natty. They're not a playoff team this year, but they're going to be much improved. And uh, in fact, they're going to, it, this is the first time in history they've had this many transfers on one team. So I'm excited to watch it for that perspective. It's going to be must see TV. For I sure. wish BYU and USC were playing. 
but BYU comes here to Oregon. Tell me you're going to that game. I really want to. I just need to get tickets. That's the thing. You got to yeah. get tickets. Let's get some tickets. Hopefully, you know, I know somebody at BYU. I know. That I think's going to be on the show here coming I know. up. We should do it. I that, love that controls away tickets. Yeah. Well, that would be awesome. So, so yeah, let's see what we can get, work on. We that. could get some of those tickets. Pretty confident. Sweet. Okay. But anyway, so uh, so yeah. That, hey, listen. When you guys enjoy the weekend this weekend, we hope you all do. Yeah. If you're in the Northwest, try to stay dry. Uh, it's going to be hard, but because <laughs> it's just going to rain all weekend, man. I'm, yeah. I'm so sick and tired of it. I mean, I love the rain. I really do. I do, too, and I can appreciate it, but when it starts getting middle of June, late June, I want to change. Yeah, I just want some sun. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, my, my yard has never been greener. Oh, it looks fantastic. Look, everywhere's green. I, don't, I haven't even turned on my water yet. I have a sprinkling system that I haven't started yet. Yeah, because it's been raining. It's been raining, but... but so I'm saving a little money that way, I guess, but I would rather turn it on and see some blue. But I have a feeling what's going to happen, Spence, is in a couple of weeks, right after the 4th of July, about July 5th, it's going to turn to like 92, and the, and the, the heat is on, and everybody's going to rush and get fans and hate the heat. <laughs> and then we're going to be all complaining about Complaining it. about it. That's coming in about 30 days. Hey, all right. Well, everybody, t- take care out there. Have a great weekend. Um, and uh, you doing anything fun? Yeah, so this weekend, uh, you know, i got a couple of things. I'm going to head out to Depot Bay to help my dad out with something. He lives at the Oregon coast. Yeah. So I have to do that. i got church on Sunday. Um, the girls, we have a – well, one of our girls is a four-year-old. Uh, my wife's going to take her to get her toes done. She's going to have she's her little – She's going to go get a pedicure. A little pedicure, pedicure and she's fun. nervous and excited. We'll try that out for her. And so it's going to be just – there's not a lot to do when it's raining like crazy and you got little ones. There's not so much you can really do, but, you know – We'll do that. There's not a ton of sports on right now. I'm not watching that much of the Celtics Warriors. I'll pay attention. College World Series. The, you know the, 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 who won the, college, the Women's College World Series for softball? Uh, who was it? I you know who was in it. There are two teams. I don't even it. know. Okay, Texas and Oklahoma played in the championship. Oklahoma won. Oklahoma. I was gonna, I was gonna offer you ten bucks if you would have told me oh. either one of those teams. <laughs> <laughs> do you know well, who do you predict? Celtics Warriors. Uh, well, the Celtics are up two one, and they looked really good in those yeah. two wins. Um, and got blown out once. And right? got like, blown out once. I, you know, I don't know. I just don't. I don't. The Celtics are tough, man. They play team ball. They're good. They're fun to watch. There's a game tonight, actually. Um, and uh, it'd be interesting to see if if the war if the Warriors lose this one, I think the Celtics win. Uh, if the Warriors win, I think this game's going this is going seven. And hey, game seven could be really exciting. The last thought is the Blazers are up for sale or going to be up for sale soon. Yeah. They listed the price at three billion with a B. With a B, okay. Well, we Phil, can... Phil, Phil Knight, right? Yeah. Uh, he, he offered two. Yeah. Hey, well, why not? What's another billion? You know, ah. I mean, he, the guy's eighty. You know, what's another billion? I'd love him to buy the Blazers. Yeah, me too. It'd be fun. I think he'd he'd invest. I mean, it was nice having Paul Allen because Paul Allen was a was a Northwest guy. Yeah, and spent know, some money. And spent some money and was willing to spend money, and I think Phil. Phil Knight would be the same. I think he'd be a yeah. Northwest guy, you know, loves Oregon, yeah. loves the Blazers. Yeah. Um, and it'd be fun. It'd be fun. I would love it. Okay. So. Well, to that, man. All right. We'll leave it along. Uncle yeah. Phil, let's go. Yeah. Exactly. Everybody have a good weekend, and we'll see you next week. Yeah. Take care.